It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, April 11th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is celebrating the Phantoms are going to the playoffs, Russ. Yeah, it's good times. It is. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Flyers' Masterton nominee and preview tonight's penultimate matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Flyers. That is where we post about our latest episodes. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail and get those mailbag questions in for our segment later this week. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts or over on YouTube. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, the flyers submitted or the uh, voters in the media for the Masterton nominees uh, went in and the flyers uh, media selected Nick Sealer this year. And I-, I think that's a pretty solid choice. It is. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I voted and, and I had Farabee in there and I'm good with either one, both for different reasons. You know, the, right. the Masterton um, is not just about like, who overcame the most injury. It's also about perseverance and things. And, you know, and Nick wasn't in hockey for a year. So, uh, you know, inexplicably the Blackhawks cut him, and, or they, they didn't cut him. They mutually agreed to part ways, whatever, but you know, he didn't play and, you know, he's found at least temporary home with the Flyers. We'll see, uh, you know, where that goes in the future, but right now, yeah, he's earned it. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, obviously it feels like he got a chance with the Flyers because of Chuck Fletcher, mm-hmm. uh, who is no longer here because of their prior relationship with the Minnesota Wild. And I think that, you know, it, it speaks a lot to his character and, you know, how hard he works that he has made an impression here, especially with John Tortorella, who absolutely loves him. And I think that. Um, that that it's a, a really good example of you know when you have favor with one staff, just making yourself invaluable for mm-hmm. for everybody else and and on the team. And you know we've you know said our share about you know wanting to give other guys a chance over Nick Sealer, but we've also given him credit where credit's due. And yeah. so I, I'm pretty pretty thrilled for him. Like I th- I think this is definitely well-deserved. And I, I think your point about therapy is fair too, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they both have different journeys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe Farabee will win another year. Uh, Sealer. Yeah. I mean, you know, certainly a good guy and has worked hard. So, you know, it's nice to see and get it in the grand lexicon of things, which I'm, you know, voting on now. What do I think he's going to win? 
no, I don't. I, I think there's just too right. many stories. But it's nice that he's at least nominated. Uh, looking at the remaining couple of games for the Flyers and what the roster situation is going to be, there had been kind of word that maybe Adam Ginning would get a, a call up from the Phantoms, uh, you know, determining what the situation is with the Phantoms in terms of do they absolutely need him in the lineup down there. And you know, with the Phantoms playing on Wednesday of this week and the Flyers playing on Tuesday and Thursday and there's still playoff positioning at stake, I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, has not as of recording of this episode. Flyers could change their mind, but I I'm guessing it's not. I mean, I, mean I, I can't even get into how all this was sort of like could have been done better. You know, Adder certainly could have played Friday. There's no the reason Phantoms, yeah. For the Phantoms. There's no reason he couldn't have, right? And Yinning certainly could have played yesterday, the other day for the for the Flyers, but instead they played a player short, which makes no sense. I mean, they had a call up to give. Why would you ever go play a short, especially when another team's trying to also set a league record? You decide to play short. I wasn't in favor of that, obviously. So you know, at this point, I'm just going to shrug all this stuff off. At, you know, call it end of the season, whatever, and, and, you know, hope that it gets better next year. Cause right now it's just, it's just bad. I don't know. It, it's just been, yeah, not well handled. Let's no. say, uh, like you said, and I think that like, you know, for me, I don't call him up because there is a, a playoff positioning at stake. They could get home ice advantage in the Calder cup playoffs. And I think that's something that's important, not just for the yeah, players. Now but now for the I team it, but but he could have been called up last game is oh sure but i get it for now but that was yeah. his opportunity last game he could have gotten the game right like he could have yeah yeah so again we'll see what they decide to do uh but uh, my my guess is it, it'll be a no on the on the call yeah, they'll just do nothing rachel you know how that is <laughs> well the Phantoms, on the other hand, had a very exciting last week or so. Uh, not only did they make the playoffs, but they did so in very exciting fashion. Uh, two wonderful games to watch. One which was inexplicable uh, in some ways because they scored five goals on 20 shots <laughs> against Charlotte uh, and won that one. And then a come from behind victory against Springfield. And so they really you know, cemented their own destiny here. Um, they got a little help from Bridgeport, but mm -hmm. at, the, at the same time, you know, they got it done when they needed to. Yeah, no question. I mean, I'm happy for them. They, um, they're getting the job done. There's guys that have earned it. Now my issue is going to be how many of the young players are you going to play in the playoffs? Because that's what matters in the long term, not the short term. I get it. You want to, you know, you certainly could rotate some of these veterans around so they get in there. I get it because they played this season, but I would have every young player in there that I could because the, they need the experience. And I just have this sinking feeling, Rachel, that, you know, guys that are, you know, signed for next year's ELCs and guys that are like not regular regulars on the team, they're going to be hurting for playing time, I think, in the playoffs. And I don't love it. 
I think this upcoming week's games are going to be a big indicator of that, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is the lineup going to look like going into the playoffs? I, I think that Ian LaPerriere is going to want to to play as close to the playoff lineup as possible just to lock things down. So uh, I will be looking for those lines for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, the Phantoms had two new guys in the lineup this past weekend, Will Smolek, who they signed, you know, six, six or eight weeks ago at this point, uh, finally got slotted in on D again, cause they were a little shorthanded with um, injury and illness. Um, I thought he played really well. Like I wouldn't say he stood out particularly, but on D yeah. maybe you don't want to stand out in making a mistake. No, I mean, sometimes you don't, but you know, again, should it have taken this long? He couldn't have been rotated. Yeah, I know. That's what's it's weird. Crazy. But I think, you know, his playing style, they just kept it simple with him. And so right. he had like pretty, he worked really well on breakouts. He didn't really take any chances. And that's exactly what you want to do. Coming out of college knows exactly yeah. what the AHL is. They play very similarly in NCAA yeah. hockey. Like it's an easy fit. It really is. Yeah, and then uh, the Phantoms uh, last week actually had a new signing. Uh, Brendan Furry uh, mm-hmm. signed to a two-year AHL deal, so it does not affect the Flyers. But he's older. He's 24 years old, plays center, which is really good for their depth. Um, and they slotted him on the fourth line on uh, Saturday with, I believe it was uh, Jackson Cates was on his line as well as um, Max Wellman. So that's like some real good support there. And uh, yeah, again, I, I thought he did did really well, like made some really good offensive minded plays and got back when he needed to. Um, he is from Minnesota State uh, Mankato, uh, right. which is a, a smaller school. He was the captain there. He had 28 points this past season. And um, according to Ian LaPerriere, talking about him uh, between periods, uh, he has some speed. And that's one thing that you notice about him. So I think, you know, heading into the playoffs and and for next season, he's a good guy to just have around as a solid AHL guy. Sure. I mean, I would have waited on Jackson Nelson, to be honest, because if they could have gotten him signed. They could have invited him down, played and start an ELC on him for next year. Um, I don't know if he would take that, but I don't know if they offered it either. Obviously, it's a different kind of situation within an AHL contract only versus, uh, you know, a, a two-way contract or an NHL. Sure, but I'm just, yeah. I'm saying if you're going to add somebody at this time of the year, it's better to add somebody with a higher ceiling. If you're if you're signing someone to an AHL deal, you don't plan on having them in the NHL anytime soon. I'm talking about a guy who plays the same position. If you try and get him and you do get him there. Well, then there's, you know, a path for that guy. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot more to talk about with the Phantoms, and we will get to that coming up next. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Hey, another guy to get to bet on is Kodai Senga. He's off to a great start with the Mets, 2-0, and they can't hit the ghost fork ball. So that's a, a good tip for you. 
So don't miss out on a chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Getting back into the Phantoms and uh, heading into the last week of the season. Uh, Right now in the standings, the Phantoms are in a three-way tie for third place in the division. They all have 80 points, but the Phantoms have the tiebreaker in regulation wins. And and the division is set in terms of the teams. You know, all of all six teams that are going to make the playoffs have it locked in. So we just need to determine the opponent. And uh, I think that it, it's going to be real interesting how this all plays out. And like you said, you know, what is the lineup going to be heading into this last week and, and the playoffs uh, to give them the best chance of success? And um, as of this past weekend, uh, on Friday, Elliot Denoyer scored again his 22nd goal of the season. That is a tie for the most goals by a rookie in Lehigh Valley history. Not the franchise, but since they moved to Lehigh right. Valley, yeah, the, fr- the franchise record is 24. Uh, Garrett Wilson now has the most penalty minutes in Phantoms history. Uh, supplanting the infamous uh, Terrell Goldborn, who uh, Flyers fans will remember as that guy that would get called up just to start fights. So <laughs> lots of fond memories with Goldborn. Or not so fond when you think about where he was drafted. But that being said... Oh, no, um, listen, I, uh, I remember <laughs> that, believe me. Yeah, that was a hell of a pick. One other piece of good news is that Cooper Merity was back in the lineup uh two goals and an assist on friday got an assist on saturday and uh i think having him back is going to be critical as you know you talk about one of the ahl guys but who has a lot more uh potential in his game i think it's Mm -hmm. it's going to be huge having him back heading into the playoffs yeah he's definitely a catalyst and a guy you want to keep in there no question about it there's things that I would like to see, and one of those things, and and again, I'm right now. What's the status of uh, Zamula? Just not being played? No, he was uh, injured. He was injured. Okay, I wasn't sure. So I'd like to see Zamula get in. I don't think they need Belpedio and Kanaton in this lineup. Um, and if they don't have long-term plans for Wiley, then you know maybe you make a switch there. But um, I, I want some of these young guys to get. Well, actually. Wiley would be out anyhow because um, Ronnie Adder will be in there. So that's what I want. I want mostly these guys that are going to impact the Flyers, some of them maybe next year, some of them in two years. Uh, they could, you know, this is where I'm going to find out exactly what the organization is planning on doing as far as development. Because they all kept saying, listen, they all have to be down there. It's going to be great to win a championship. It's great if you're playing. It's not great if you're watching. Yeah, I think as far as the vets go, um, Anisimov was hurt on Friday and did not play on Saturday, but he's definitely somebody that you want. Oh, you want him in there. That's fine. As as long as he's healthy. I think Brooks you want in there. And I do think you want Belpedio in in there. I think Connaughton is another story. I think you you don't need Max Roman in there. You don't. 
No, I, I, really, but he's really only been playing on the fourth line. Yeah, O'Reilly's your captain. You have to play him. Like I guess, I guess, um, I guess. You know, but again, see, this is where they're kind of locking themselves in. There are going to be young players sitting. There are, and and that's going to bug me because we'll see how many games some of them get. I get it with the captain thing, fine, but um, you know, yeah, some of them are, have just been hurt, to be honest. Yeah. So I think that that is having an impact as much as anything right now uh, is is in terms of injury and and some recent illnesses that have kept. Uh, certain guys out but I think that you know as far as the guys that you really want in there Ollie Lixell is on that top line so is Tyson Forster I think that's exactly the way it should be Brink has been playing uh, between the second and third line which I think makes sense Uh, I want Denoye as that second line center I think he needs to step up and and play those kind of minutes yeah I mean Brooks Um, technically doesn't need to be in there technically Right, but he's been playing really well, so I would put him just down the lineup. I mean, um, I want to, I want to say, you know, I'd want to put wisdom yeah. in the lineup and see what I'm going to get out of him, though, because again, he, he if he sits for the whole AHL playoffs, where you drafted him, what your expect expectations were for him, he's going to be behind schedule, and that's the thing. I mean, if, unless they plan on having Adam Brooks next year with the phantoms and or with the flyers like you know whatever like Cal o'reilly i'll live with because like you said he's the captain fine uh even though he may not even be there next year but but he's the captain okay but not all these guys have to be playing i mean that's that's really i I have to drive this point home only because they they played this up the flyers played this up and now they have a chance to really back it up yeah, we'll we'll see how it turns out. Again, I think health is just going to have a huge impact on on what the decisions are, and um, I think that what we see on Wednesday is going to be a huge indicator about what they're going to be doing heading into the playoffs. Because I think that they're going to want, depending on what the point total is, and if they're still fighting for that home ice advantage, they're going to want to put the absolute best lineup they can ice to try and gain that position and you know somebody like Zade Wisdom who's had an up and down season I totally get your point you know in terms of getting him in these key situations but at the same time if they're fighting for home ice advantage and he's not the guy that's going to get you there I don't know it, it is it is an interesting question um, and I think there's definitely both ways to look at it that you want your guys in these key moments. Like you want your top prospects in these key moments, but you also have, you know, games to win. So um, tough decisions for Lappy and the staff in Lehigh Valley to make. Um, I think that, you know, if you look at their remaining schedule, they play uh, at Bridgeport on Wednesday. Then they've got a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday against Charlotte, who they just faced uh, and won pretty handily against Charlotte's kind of a mess right now. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, they finish up the season Saturday at Hershey, which is just brutal. So if home ice is on the line and they've, they've got to win one at Hershey, that's going to be real tough. Now, Springfield plays at Providence on Sunday, so it could be out of their hands and they just got to wait through Mm -hmm. the end of the season on Sunday to see what happens. But 
the upshot is that they're in the playoffs and uh, we'll have to wait until the last day of the season next Sunday to determine the final seedings and what the schedule is going to be. So uh, lots more to talk about with the Phantoms here. Um, I'm personally very excited. I'm hoping to make it to a playoff game if I can, uh, just to get the atmosphere in there. It's so much fun uh getting to see like really good phantoms hockey yeah no question if they go deep i'll definitely get in there i've covered the calder cup before i have loved it um so we'll we'll see but i'm you know i'm hoping the best for them and yeah i want i want players to develop even if they go out in the first round if they're playing the right players and they get the experience i'm okay with that yeah i don't know if lappy's okay with that (laughs) that's my question again this is the organization is a greater um not worry but it's a it's a it's more important for the organization than actually for the phantoms it is and it's that's for the greater good so and that's how i've watched players develop forever so if if they could as an example if if ian laperrier sits with the same lineup and says yes they need to do exactly what you said we got to fight for these playoff spots and then leaves the same lineup for the um for the playoffs and and you know there are some guys that just sit and they never get in there it's not the right thing to do yeah i th- i think it's a valid perspective to have so uh again what the team does is another thing and yep. we will follow up of course over the next week as the phantoms wrap up their season Uh, In the meantime, we have a Flyers game to talk about tonight, and we will do that coming up next. So, Russ, uh, there are some lottery implications at stake uh, tonight against Columbus for the Flyers. Now, less so for the Flyers, but more so for Columbus. Uh, Right now, they have the edge on the Sharks uh, and Chicago. So they have one less regulation win and two fewer regulation wins than Chicago. But Anaheim has two fewer regulation wins than Columbus does. Columbus is facing the Flyers, the Pens, and the Sabres as their remaining games. And obviously with the Flyers, it's a different situation, but facing the Pens who are could be fighting for their lives and the Sabres that could be their last chance to potentially make the playoffs. Although I don't think it's going to happen because I think Florida is going to seal up one of those spots uh, pretty well. But that being said, I think that there, you know, there's, it's not going to affect how Columbus plays, but just in terms of the overall picture we're looking at, whereas with the Flyers, the the lottery spot is pretty much set at seven because the Flyers have five more regulation wins than the Habs and have three points on them, um, six more regulation wins than the Yotes, and there's two points separating them. So essentially, the Flyers would have to lose both games and the Habs or Yotes would have to win both of their remaining games. In order, yeah, the Flyers for- don't need to tank at this point. They've already yeah. made their bet, so yeah. they could try and win games. And yeah, probably a good idea to try and win a couple because they just looked awful. And I don't think you want to necessarily end the season that way. Uh, if you were tanking all year, fine, I get it, but they're not. So they could use a couple wins 
to to at least yeah. feel good about things. If they if they lose out, let's say, it's not going to feel great this season. It just won't. And then we'll have all kinds of questions as to the, you know, how the change has, you know, what changes have we actually seen? Exactly. Uh, so I, I'm in it to, to win these couple of games because, again, it's not going to make any it difference. It doesn't matter. It's a few percentage points. Yeah, exactly. Uh, unfortunately, with uh, Columbus, like they're still in an everybody is broken situation. Yeah. Um, as we recall, Zach Wierenski was hurt in the game versus the Flyers in November. Yeah. He's been out all season. Um, just Patrick Laine has been out. Jake Bean has been out. Eric Goodbrinson has been out. Elvis Merzlikens has been out. Uh, just everybody. <laughs> so one guy who hasn't been out who will be playing be... in front of the home crowd and who could have been a flyer. That would be David Juracek, wouldn't it? Well, that's one. <laughs> no, but I was actually thinking of Kudrow. I know. That's why I said Juracek. I know. That was good, though. And, yeah, Goudreau will certainly have a chip on his shoulder, and he could come in the same way that, I don't know, David Pasternak came in with that same sort of resolve. But, yeah, Juracek will be fun to watch, and it may not be fun for Flyers fans knowing what they missed out on. That's all. Yeah, I, I think so, too. It's just, uh, I, I don't know if this is going to be like a battle of wills to like play good hockey versus not playing good hockey. I, I just feel like it's going to be an ugly game <laughs> across the board. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think Columbus is going to come in and try and tank it. So I think they'll they'll all be trying to win. The question is, you have to ask, is are the Flyers going to try and win their way? So it's like Tony D'Angelo scratch for the rest of the year. Maybe. We don't know. So it'll be interesting to see if they're just going to keep going shorthanded. Yeah, I don't know if, the, if they'll go shorthanded, but uh, or, you know, try and put DeLaurier at D again. But he uh, didn't play any D. He didn't no. do any. He was just on the sheet. He was on D, but he never actually played defense. That is true. <laughs> but yeah, it, it'll be. I don't know, man. I don't know what Torres is thinking right now, but Nobody he's got. Does two more games to ice a lineup and, you know, see what these guys can do to maybe finish out strong and be on more of a positive note heading into the off season. I think, you know, the torts used to coach at Columbus, Goudreau factor going in there and winning. That could be a thing. Uh, I would hope it would be a thing for them uh, just to have some positivity here in these last couple of games. Yeah, I think you want to add some of that. So I think you you try your best, and I think you do the best thing for the team. Now, if the best thing for the team is to not play D'Angelo and you don't have anybody else to play, all right. I mean, I guess that's what you'd have to do. Yeah, and uh, like I said, with the travel, I just don't see like calling up somebody from Lehigh Valley as as being a useful thing right now. So just put them in. Just no, that time has probably passed, but it, it could have happened. But the time has passed now. So, yeah, I mean, just put Tony D'Angelo in and let him be happy and prove himself, honestly. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. But uh, we will certainly be back tomorrow to talk about that game. And uh, if Tortorella did play Tony D'Angelo, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, uh, 
Gritty has come out of hibernation a little bit in, in terms of getting out there and doing stuff over the last week or so. And with Easter, uh, Gritty showed up at the White House, lo and behold, for the egg roll. Um, I think Jill Biden must have had something to do with oh, that. Oh, I'm sure she invited him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it kind of helps having a, a Philly family in the White House uh, and to get Gritty these sorts of invites. I was I, jealous. Because I've been in the White House twice. I've been in the press corps room, you know, the situation room there. I've been sort of close where Gritty was on the lawn there, but you don't get that close. So I was like, I don't know, maybe like 200 feet away from Michelle Obama, 100 feet away, whatever it was, that little bit of safe distance. So Gritty got closer than I did. I'm a little jealous. (laughs) Yeah, I spent some quality time on the White House lawn back in the day, but uh that's a story for another time. There you go. But uh, I think that the most interesting part of it for me was, you know, you have Gritty's handlers that look like Secret Service. And were they allowed going to be allowed to show up in costume because they look too much like Secret Service? Well, the question that I would have is, I would have to think at this point, the White House knows the identification of Gritty, who Gritty really oh, is. Oh, yeah, they do. They have to. They have to. So that's going to be a state secret, huh? Oh, like if that ever leaks out, we'll know where the leak came from because they know for sure. That's true. They do know. All right. <laughs> well, maybe we can find somebody who knows and uh, and get the dirt on that. In the meantime, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Columbus game. And we will be talking to Haley Taylor from 97.5, The Fanatic with her take on the Flyers season this year. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen game to game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on the Locked On NHL feed anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great day.